Hi and welcome back to Equity Tutors. Today's lesson is going to be on digestion and absorption. And just for your information, this is only applicable for the WJC and AQA exam board. So if you are not doing this exam board, then you don't need to listen to this lesson and join us back next week for Amelia's lessons, which are going to be covering the final part of exchange, which is applicable to all the exam boards. Right, so today's lesson is, as I said, on digestion and absorption. So digestion and absorption are really key concepts in exchange. And I'm going to first go into exactly what digestion and absorption are. And then we're going to cover the different aspects of that, the anatomy of the human body, which are involved in digestion and absorption. And we're also going to cover some enzymes and things like that that are involved in digestion and absorption. Okay, so let's get started. So let's start off with some definitions. So we can think of digestion as the breaking up of larger food molecules into their smaller components. And then absorption is when these smaller components are taken out of the digestive tract into the circulatory system. So it can be distributed throughout the body to the cells that need them. So I'm now going to go on to talk more specifically about digestion and then later in the lesson we are going to go into more on absorption. So first of all, digestion is where we have large insoluble biological molecules which are found in our foods. So things like carbohydrates and fats, so those things we spoke about in the biological molecules module. And during digestion, these are broken into smaller molecules that are soluble so that they can be absorbed into the bloodstream and they can travel across the cell membranes into cells within the body. So some molecules that are really important are glucose and amino acids. So these are used to provide cells with energy um, via respiration and also to build cells and help repair tissue. So that's what um, amino acids can be used for. And then we also have lipids, which can be used for energy and also for insulation, as we've spoken about in some previous modules. Something that is really essential for the process of digestion is enzymes. So if you remember from our biological molecules lessons, we spoke about enzymes a bit there and how they can help catalyze um, hydrolysis of larger molecules. So proteins can be hydrolyzed into amino acids. Carbohydrates can be hydrolyzed into simple sugars and lipids can be hydrolyzed into glycerol and fatty acids. So if this sounds all very confusing, make sure you do go back to the first biological molecules lesson to try and understand this. So we're now going to go through the digestive tract in humans. So there's several parts of the human digestive system and you should be quite familiar with this as you are a human. So we have Starting from top to bottom, we have the mouth, the stomach, the small intestine, the large intestine. And then we also have undigested food, which is stored um, in the rectum and then expelled through the anus. So we're going to now go into a bit on exactly what happens at each of these stages um, of the digestive tract and uh, what their function is. So let's go into a bit more detail on each of these structures. So we'll start with the mouth and we all have a mouth. So the mouth contains teeth and this is the first step in digestion. So the first step is us manually 
breaking up food, um, which increases its surface area to volume ratio. Again, like I said, we always come back to surface area to volume ratio. So when we chew food, we break it up into smaller pieces. Each piece then has a larger surface area to volume ratio, which, which allows digestion to happen faster. At this stage, carbohydrate digestion also begins. And this is done by enzymes. So we're going to talk a bit more about enzymes later in the lesson. But just to begin with, we need to remember that the things that help with digestion in our mouth are um, salivary glands, which um, help release saliva uh, and different enzymes to aid in digestion that starts in the mouth. So following on from this, the food will then travel down the esophagus and the esophagus is a hollow tube in your throat and this is where the food is going to move from your mouth to your stomach. This is helped by contractions that happen in the wall of the esophagus to help move food down towards the stomach. So the next part is the stomach and I think most of us know that the stomach contains stomach acid. Within the stomach this is where digestion of the proteins really starts and there are some tissues and glands around the stomach which produce enzymes and the stomach acid. So there's the pancreas which produces uh, digestive enzymes and the liver which produces bile. So this all helps in the digestion. So within the stomach there are muscles that help to churn the food and this helps mix the the bits of food with enzymes and acid and the acid as we learn in biological molecules um, module the acid helps to undo the the tertiary structure of the protein and the lower ph is also um, a way to kill a lot of bacteria and other microorganisms that may be present in the food so once this um, churning is done in the stomach, food will then move on into the small intestine and this can be divided up into three sections. So you have the duodenum, the jejunum and the ileum. So they sound very similar. Do try to remember these but if it's really not coming to you, you can just uh, describe them as, as the, the, the beginning, middle or end of the small intestine. So once the food has entered into the small intestine, it's moved along the lumen of the the small intestine so that means the, the the hollow hole in the middle of the tube by smooth muscle which surrounds the small intestine and it moves it along due to the rhythmic contractions which are called peristalsis so in the small intestine carbohydrates proteins and lipids all um, begin to be digested so as i said before carbohydrate digestion does start in in the mouth and Protein digestion starts in the stomach, but uh, in the small intestine is where really where the lipid digestion starts, and it's also the main site of digestion for all of all of these three biological molecules. Digestion mainly occurs in the duodenum, so that's the first bit of the small intestines, and this is done by enzymes which are produced in the pancreas and also in the small intestine itself and in the small intestine is where things really start to move into the blood so soluble uh, molecules that have been hydrolyzed from the larger molecules will start to move across the wall of the small intestine into the bloodstream and this mainly happens in the latter two parts of the small intestine so in the jejunum and in the ileum and this happens via diffusion and active transport but we are going to go over that a bit more later in the lesson. The important thing to know about the last part of the small intestine, which is the ileum, is that it has a lot of these finger-like 
projections, which are like villi. So if you think about the cell structure module, you'll remember what villi are. And this, again, increases the surface area to allow for maximum absorption. Water absorption does also occur in the small intestine, but the next part of the digestive system, the large intestine, is where most of the water and any vitamins and minerals is absorbed. And then any undigested food is then stored in the rectum and then removed through the anus. So we can go over this one more time briefly. So digestion of carbohydrates starts in the mouth and this is where things are mechanically broken up. They then travel down the esophagus. They enter the stomach where protein digestion starts and this contains acid which starts to starts to denature proteins and also contains muscles which helps churn the food up then enters into the small intestine, specifically into the duodenum, and it's here where enzymes start to break up the food more. They then move into the latter parts of the small intestine, so the jejunum and the ileum, and it's in these parts that they are. They start to be absorbed into the bloodstream. And then finally, anything else moves into the large intestine, which is where most of the water reabsorption takes place, and any undigested food then moves out to the rectum and then out through the anus. So we've just spoken about the different organs within the digestive system, but there are also some things that we call accessory organs of digestion. And these are not um, involved in digestion directly, but they help with digestion. So often they produce substances that are needed for digestion and things like that. So Um, The ones we're going to talk about are the liver, and the liver is um, a very large organ in the abdomen. The main digestive function of the liver is to produce uh, bile, and bile is an alkaline, and it helps to neutralise some of the stomach acid, and it also helps emulsify fat into um, smaller particles, which can be digested more easily. And bile moves into the duodenum via the bile duct or it can also go via the gallbladder and the gallbladder is another um, important organ and it's a little pouch um, that is near the liver and this holds concentrated bile until it is needed in the small intestine. We also have the pancreas and this is a glandular organ so there's it has two main functions so it produces endocrine hormones and also digestive enzymes. The endocrine function of this is to produce insulin and glycogen which helps regulate blood sugar but as a digestive organ the pancreas secretes digestive enzymes into the duodenum through ducts and these include things like amylase and lipases but I'm going to go into exactly what those are in a minute. So Yeah, important to know that there are the main um, organs of the digestive system, but there are also some additional ones which we call accessory organs, which are also very important in proper digestive function. Okay, so the next thing I'm going to go on to talk about now are enzymes. So I've mentioned enzymes several times um, so far, but now we're going to go into a bit more detail on what enzymes are and some specific types of enzymes that are important in digestion. So an important thing to remember about enzymes is that they are substrate specific. So you have different enzymes to digest different compounds. So previous lessons, enzymes help to catalyze reactions and they help to hydrolyze larger molecules into their smaller components. So there are three major types of digestive enzymes. So there are 
carbohydrases, which break down carbohydrates, proteases, which break down proteins, and lipases, which break down lipids. And I'm going to go into each one now in a bit more detail and also go into where they are produced and where they are released in the digestive system. So we're going to start off with carbohydrates. So as the name suggests, carbohydrates are involved in the breakdown of carbohydrates. So there's two main ones that we're going to focus on, and that is amylase and maltase. And I'm going to go into exactly what they are in a minute. Really important here is that you understand the structure of the carbohydrates, lipids and proteins from the biological molecules module. So if you if that's not fresh in your mind, do go back and listen to those lessons um, to get that back in your head before you try and understand this. So for each of the enzymes we're going to talk about, I'm going to tell you what the substrate is, where the enzyme is produced, and also where it is released, because this is not always in the same place. So if we're talking about carbohydrates, the first one we're going to look at is amylase. So amylase is an enzyme that breaks down carbohydrates and it's produced in the salivary glands and the pancreas and it is released into the mouth and into the small intestine. So amylase breaks down starch into maltose. So if you remember when we break down things into their constituents we call that hydrolysis. So amylase hydrolyzes starch into maltose and then following on from this maltose can then be hydrolyzed into glucose by maltase so what you'll realize with the enzymes is that when they normally end in an ase and they say what is being broken down so maltase breaks down maltose so i already said that amylase is produced in the salivary glands and the pancreas but maltase is produced and released in the small intestine. And the important difference with maltase is that it is actually membrane bound. So, so maltase actually sits on the lipid bilayer and what happens is maltose molecules move towards the maltase. They then get split up into glucose and then the glucose can pass into the cytoplasm of the cell. And this happens inside the epithelial cells of the small intestine. The breakdown of starch into maltose via amylase happens both in the mouth and in the lumen of the gut, but the breakdown of maltose into glucose via maltase happens inside the epithelial cells of the small intestine. So hopefully that all makes sense. Again, do go and have a look at the, the images to make sure that that's a bit more clear in your mind. Another important thing to know is that this membrane-bound maltase helps to allow the absorption of the monosaccharides into the epithelial cells of the small intestine, which then allows them to pass into the bloodstream so that the glucose can travel around the body for use by cells in respiration. There are also other enzymes present in the cell surface membranes that break down disaccharides and these are called sucrase and lactase and they um, hydrolyze sucrose and lactose but you don't need to know as much detail on those. Okay so the next thing I'm going to go over is the digestion of proteins by proteases. As we said earlier, protein digestion begins in the, the lumen of the stomach and continues in the small intestine. So I'm going to start off by talking about what happens in the stomach. So in the stomach, the enzyme involved in the breakdown of the proteins are called endopeptidases. So that's endo 
and these hydrolyze the peptide bonds within the proteins and this breaks down the, the protein into smaller molecules. So this enzyme is secreted by the stomach along with hydrochloric acid. So as I've just said, the stomach does have a very acidic pH. So as the contents of the stomach move into the small intestine, fluid is released from the pancreas to help neutralize the acid and to increase the pH. And this is called pancreatic juice. And this also contains two things called endopeptidases and exopeptidases. So endopeptidases are what we also saw in the stomach and these hydrolyze the peptide bonds within the polypeptide chain. So this produces dipeptides and dipeptides can also be formed by exopeptidases which break down the peptide bonds at the ends of the polypeptide chains. So endo means inside so they break down the bonds within the polypeptide chain and exo so exo means outside so these break down the peptide bonds at the ends of the peptide chain. There are also these things called dipeptidases and these are found again within the cell surface membrane of the epithelial cells in the small intestine and these can break down the dipeptides into their constituent amino acids which can then um, move into the cytoplasm of the cell. So I'm just going to go through this again very quickly. So we have proteins and these are broken down by endopeptidases into polypeptides. Polypeptides are then broken down by exopeptidases into dipeptides and then the dipeptides are broken down by dipeptidases into amino acids and this final bit happens the the dipeptidases action happens on the cell surface membrane of epithelial cells but the action of the endo and the exopeptidases happens in the lumen of the gut or in the stomach okay now finally we're going to go on to lipases and these are used for the breakdown of lipids so again, make sure you go and have a look at the biological molecules module so that you really understand the components of these biological molecules. So we can split the breakdown of lipids into two processes. First, we have emulsification and then we have the digestion. So emulsification is what occurs to the lipids prior to digestion. And this starts in the stomach, uh, where the solid lipids are turned into a liquid that is made up of fat droplets. So these fat droplets then move into the small intestine. And as we went over earlier, bile, which has been secreted by the liver, is also introduced into the small intestine. And the bile salts contained within the bile help to bind to the, the fatty liquid that has been produced in the stomach and it breaks down the fat droplets into even smaller droplets and this is called emulsification and this really helps to increase the surface area of the, the fat so that there is more surface area for the action of the digestive enzymes to act on. So as we said earlier, the digestion of the lipids actually takes place in the small intestine and lipases break down the lipids into glycerol and fatty acids. And like I said earlier, I will say where these enzymes are produced and released. So for the lipases, 
These are produced in the pancreas and they are released in the small intestine and the bile which helps with the emulsification is produced by the liver stored in the gallbladder and then released into the small intestine. Okay so that is everything for the enzyme section and now we're going to get to go on to absorption. So we've covered what digestion is which is the breakdown of the larger biological molecules and then absorption is the uptake of these smaller molecules into the cells within the body that need them. Amino acids and monosaccharides are absorbed in a similar way using co-transportation and then lipids are absorbed in a slightly different way so we'll go on to that after. So again, make sure you've gone over the previous lessons because I went over exactly what co-transportation and facilitated diffusion and everything were in the first lesson of the exchange module. So if you need to, go back and check that before you go through this so that this really makes a lot of sense. So for amino acids and monosaccharides, as I just said, they use co-transportation. So we'll first talk about amino acids. So Amino acid co-transport proteins are found within the epithelial cells of the ileum. So if you remember, the ileum is the last part of the small intestine before it goes into the large intestine. So this is where most of this absorption of amino acids takes place. So as we spoke about before, co-transportation means that there are two molecules being moved and the movement of one of these molecules allows for the movement of a second molecule. So for the movement of amino acids, there has to be sodium ions present and the sodium ions are what allows the transport of the amino acids. So for every sodium ion that is transported into the cell, one amino acid is also transported in. So this happens via facilitated diffusion. So both the amino acid and the sodium ions are moving down their concentration gradient. So they're moving from areas of high concentration to areas of low concentration. So they're moving from areas of high concentration in the lumen of the ileum, and then they move to lower concentration in the epithelial cell so this is how the amino acids move out of the small intestine, but then they need to get into the blood. So then after this, amino acids then diffuse across the epithelial cell into the capillaries via facilitated diffusion. So this is using a channel protein. And the concentration gradient of the sodium ions, so the concentration gradient of the sodium ions from the lumen of the ileum to the epithelial cell is maintained by active transport of sodium ions out of the cell and into the blood. So this uses a sodium potassium pump at the other side of the cell and this allows the movement of the sodium and potassium out to keep that high concentration gradient between the lumen of the ileum and the epithelial cell. Again, this will probably make more sense if you go and have a look at the pictures or watch the YouTube video so that you can really understand what's going on here. Again, um, for monosaccharides, the glucose carrier proteins are in the cell surface membrane of the small intestine. And again, this uses sodium ions. So sodium and glucose are co-transported into the epithelial cell using a carrier protein. And then the glucose molecules diffuse across into the blood 
using facilitated diffusion through a channel protein and again sodium potassium pumps are used to maintain the high concentration gradient for the sodium ions so so pretty much the same mechanism as for the amino acids so then i'm now going to talk finally about lipids lipids don't use these co-transporters to be absorbed so as we've already spoken about during the breakdown of lipids they are formed into micelles which are small droplets of fat and this is really helpful because as we know lipids are not very soluble so this helps the transportation of these molecules to the surface of the epithelial cells so then the the micelles once they arrive in the lumen of the small intestine near the epithelial cells they break down and they add to to a pool of fatty acids and monoglycerides these can then move into the epithelial cells via diffusion because they are non-polar so they can move freely through the phospholipid bilayer so then short fatty acids can move directly into the blood via diffusion but longer ones need to have some further processing before they can get into the bloodstream so for these for these longer fatty acids, they need to recombine with monoglycerides and glycerol to form a triglyceride. And this happens in the endoplasmic reticulum of the epithelial cells. And then these triglycerides are packaged into lipoproteins. So lipoproteins are a, a combination of proteins and lipids. And these lipoproteins are called clyomicrons. And these basically have a a spherical shape with phospholipids and lipoproteins that hold the non-polar triglycerides inside so that they're they're protected from the the aqueous environment uh, on the outside. So once these chylomicrons have been formed they then move out of the epithelial cell and they go via something called a lacteal and a lacteal is a type of lymph vessel that is part of the villus so this sounds quite confusing do go and have a look at the images to understand what's going on here and then from this they finally do enter the bloodstream so they go from the lumen of the intestine they go into the epithelial cell they get packaged they then move out into the lacteal and then finally into the bloodstream so that is everything for today we have covered digestion and absorption and there was quite a lot of detail so please do go back listen again and go over any bits that don't make sense again as always if you do have any questions please do let us know thank you so much for listening remember you can access additional content on our patreon page by searching for equity tutors where we have a second 30 minute lesson every week plus monthly bonus content You can also find us on most social media platforms. We will keep you updated on new content and you can find us there by searching for Equity Tutors UK. Please like, share, subscribe and comment wherever you are listening. And if you're enjoying, please leave a review. Bye. Bye.